This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Croeso, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with our sponsors, Red 10 People Development. The music that you'll hear in the podcast brought to us by Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. Naif, I mean, I feel like I say the same intro every week. Wrexham win again. There's more documentary episodes out. Where do we start, really? How are you doing? You were down in Dorking at the weekend. Did you enjoy your trip? Yeah, I'm I'm all right. It's very dark all of a sudden. I feel like we've got into those... We've gone are the long nights, the long when we record these and it would be light until about 9.30. Uh, it's slightly pitch black here and we're not recording in the, in the dead of night. But Dorking, no, Dorking was great fun. Um, a lot of people were very excited. Can confirm cheeseburgers are very good and the people of Dorking very generous. You know, £300 behind the bar there from the owner, chairman. Um and, you know, he was very gracious before the match about Rob and Ryan and why it's pathetic if anyone is critical of what they're trying to do in the National League. So, you know, hats off to Mark White, hats off to Dorkin and, you know, a five-star, five-goal performance. The only thing pathetic, I suppose, on Saturday was those Wrexham fans who aye, aye, aye. didn't behave themselves, I suppose, towards the end. If you haven't seen this, a few of them sort of messed with the GoPros and was there some abusive it was just silly that was just stupid i mean like a lot of people that were walking out with me it was more i wouldn't say audacity it was more just the, the pure shock at some of the vitriol that was coming out of one fan in particular's mouth about the mum of this work this 14 year old work experience kid who was there just trying to pull together a a good piece of content you know, we make content rich and we're lucky that we don't do it live and in front of other people and are not being heckled for it. But it, it felt all a bit daft, you know, and unnecessary. We've just won 5-0. They've been great hosts. You know, they've, they've catered for us in the bar beforehand, in the pubs throughout town. They've just been really good. I think a lot of people have come away from that and, and are keen for Woking to do well. You know, it'd be great, it'd be great to see them stay at a really good club and... And you know, wishing them all the best, apart from their reverse at the at the race course. But yeah, I, I've just got no time for that. No need. I mean, there's, there's no need to abuse anyone at any time. But after you've just won a game, it's it's just a, a sour note that we didn't need. A small minority again, but yeah, very small. It is important that we we you know condemn that behaviour and, and do mention it and not just brush it under the carpet because we won five nil. So yeah, if yeah, again, just. When you when you go into away games, you're a representative of Wrexham as well of the club. You've got to you've got to have that responsibility, and you just wouldn't act that way in your normal lives. At least I hope you wouldn't. So, being at a football ground doesn't give you any excuse to to get away with any any of that sort of behaviour. Nath, the match itself, Wrexham win five nil. Do we say it's an Ollie Palmer hat trick? I'm not sure about. I, one of I them. jumped the gun, didn't I? Do you see that? I was getting very. I mean, where I was in the ground behind one of the goals. Often I'm so cursed whenever I go to Wrexham Aways because all the goals, more or less, tend to be the other end of the ground. So if you see me stood behind a goal, I would potentially try and move, if possible, to the other side because 
it was me and James Kelly who went to Weymouth. All seven goals were at the other end. And Dorkin, what was it in the end? Three were down the other end of the five. Uh, it looked like Oli Palmer got a hatchet, but when I watched the replay, uh, when the highlights dropped about a million years later, as they tend to do uh, with the National League, and we'll get on to the National League and their rules and regulations later in terms of the streaming and broadcasting, but it, yeah, it looked like an own goal, didn't it? It was really hard to tell, Rich, and I was very excited, and I got lots of replies on, on Rob Ryan Red. Thanks for all the followers on there, by the way. Loads of new followers, loads of people. I don't know where you've come from, but I got lots of messages, Rich. One guy's listening from Taiwan. Another person was listening, a new fan from Ohio, Cincinnati in Ohio. So, yeah, lots of new faces. Tennessee, I think somebody got in touch and said they were listening from Tennessee. So, yeah, go followers on there. Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, Instagram. Rob Ryan Red Pod on TikTok. I think that's it. RobRyanRed.com if you want to see our flashy website. And read more of our stuff. You've done a, an August review, Rich, and I'm going to be doing a closer look, a more anal- analytical look at, at Aaron Hayden. So that's coming soon. Um, Oli Palmer Hattrick, yeah, he, he was really clinical, Rich. But I've got to say that the player of the game for me was Jacob Mendy. Thought he was superb again. Goal and assist in that first half, you know, swallowed up any Dorkin attack down the left. They got absolutely no change out of him. A game as well that I thought was a banana skin beforehand. I was listening back to our podcast, a snippet of it um, earlier in the week. And I, I described it as a game we could, you know, drop points in just because I'm so scarred from watching Wrexham over the years. <laughs> but yeah, that was absolutely brilliant performance with Mendy and so good that we did go on to this, you know, a tricky away day because it is a 3G pitch and we can make those excuses as we, as we have done in the past. We used to struggle at Maidstone, didn't we? Because that was a difficult Sutton service well. to play on the yeah, S Sutton. But Really good performance and and relentless as well because we could have had seven or eight. There were so many wasted chances as well. Yeah. Trying some stuff we didn't need to. There was once when I think Palmer broke through on goal and tried to lay off Elliot Lee when he should have just been selfish and, and yeah. secured the, the hat-trick for himself. Elliot Lee, of course, off the bench, gets another goal. Again, the tedious debate will be, do you start someone who's so good off the bench? Although Phil Parkinson says that he does seem to have a glute injury that he's not totally overcome since pre-season so that would is that basically his bum is that is that what we're saying is that his i don't know a bruised I'm not, bum i'm not a not physio a bruised bum is that what he's, has he been playing too much red ass or something like that what's going on how has he done that too, I, I don't know what is he too many squats how, how does that work for someone who clearly isn't in prime physical shape uh to play professional football i don't know a glute injury it's a new one on me um Maybe that was what was keeping Sean Brisley out. Who knows? The mystery on Sean Brisley will live on forever in my book. Um, but yeah, glute injury was a weird one. So Elliot Lee makes sense why he's not been starting all these games, I suppose. Yeah. In terms of the lineup we saw, Howard was in goal and we had the usual back three of Toza, Cleworth and Hayden. Ford again, you know, he's, he's getting there, he's getting much better. Like he said, Mendy was the star of the show. Midfield, we, we all called for it to change, really, but Davis, Jones and Young remained and it, and it did the did did deliver, didn't it? So you can't yeah. complain too much of that. And yeah, Palmer and Mulling both playing up front and, of course, Palmer get on the score sheet. Dolby off the bench, what have you made of him so far? I think he does need a goal, doesn't he? It, it's almost, it's a weird one, it's almost like he hasn't, had a go yet i don't you know what i mean i feel like he's had such like a bit part role like he's got re- like really kind of throwaway minutes in american sport they call it garbage time well like you just get you get thrown on either when the game's won or or, or whatever the case may be like you know in the, in the closing seconds obviously he's had if you if you add it all together he's had i don't know 60 70 minutes but it's in such fits and starts i feel like he can't get up to speed there was a chance he did look like he had it at Woken down, uh, you know, at the end where he probably could have probably could have finished that one. I thought he had a, ch- a good chance there, um, but yeah, he, he could do with the goal. He, he needs really a start, just have a proper 60, 70 minutes at it. But it's so hard. That's so hard to come by. Um, but really, now it, I think we're in a situation where we have three strikers. You know, we've seen Dior move on. Uh, I think since our last podcast, Rich, no? Dior's gone on to Harrogate Town in the Football League. And look, in League Two at the weekend, as we were at Dorking, I know a lot of people around me were talking about Kwame Thomas against Dior Angus, Sutton against uh, Harrogate. Neither of them scored, but both of them started. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, any injury up front, you know, Dalby will be that first reserve. It's honestly really hard to, to even grade his time so far because I feel like he's had 
such limited opportunity. Exactly. You need to have what I'd sort of refer to as meaningful minutes where you are coming on and having a fair run out in a game that's still alive, not one that's already dead and you're praying off defenders anyway. Because if you score a goal in those circumstances, then it sort of gets brushed aside saying, well, they're already five up already or whatever. I do think a, a game like that would give them that initial confidence boost. Mm. But, you know, we saw in the dock last week's episodes, didn't we? Scoring against Wrexham. So he's obviously got... a. Uh, a lot to offer and he's got uh, ability yeah and I, i'm gonna say rich i think we've actually got it nailed down that if we ever become a coaching duo i don't know whether you want to be the number one or the number two but mean we've got all the lingo down we've been in this game so long now that we can we can tell players about meaningful minutes and garbage time i don't know do you reckon you'd be a better number two better number one i think I, yeah to be honest the amount of football manager i've played i mean I think, you think you're number one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I never managed to quite win the uh, Welsh Prem of Clan did no, but we... Then we, you not? How no, close did be, you get? Well, like second and runners up in right. every cup, cup competition every year, just because I'm not going to go into it, but it was before <laughs> It's before Nomads had won, so TNS was right. just so overpowered and you couldn't sort of topple a, a professional side. But yeah, let's not go into that too much. I, I mean, I've got, the Steve, I've got the Steve Parkin role then, you know, Cones out. Good, but I, you know, oh, Gary I Mills. Into... Gary, I don't, I don't want the guy. I don't have any ladders, so true, Gary yeah. Mills, he, he can, he can keep them. He can keep that. I'm trying to think of other ones. Graham Barrow, he was a good number two for us. I mean, he was a great number two, really. You think of the Sam Ricketts era? Yeah, if you bring Brilliant Sam Ricketts into it, we've got snakes and ladders on this podcast already. So, snakes um... and ladders. But no, Rich, one thing, one fa- one thing for me. Final word for me on on Dorking, and you throw it back to you. The pitch was so weird. I don't think I've ever seen a pitch like that. Like it, it wasn't what we'd seen at um at Sutton before. I don't think it was anyway. That it had so many I don't know, little rubber pellets, like black balls. I don't know yes, what that's it was. The, but... That's the three G so I'm used to playing on the four G, right. whatever it's called, yeah, with the little but bits. There were of... so many, so many yeah. bits of this little you, black thing that came on it. It was mad. You find them in your boots for weeks afterwards and they get you. I've never kit seen bag. that. They are a nightmare, let me tell you that. Yeah, the pitch was a different type of of that, I, I wonder what regulations they have in terms of the 3G and the, the synthetic sort of pitches. Anyway, I mean, well, maybe not have to deal with them for too much longer. Anyway, hopefully, no. but it's, yeah, it's a really interesting one, but a really good hurdle overcome. And yeah, it just looked like a really good away day. I'm gutted I couldn't have been there really, but great for Wrexham to get another win. And again, to throw back to I think it was two weeks ago, we said how important the upcoming run of games were going to be in, in Wrexham going up the table. And if you look at our recent results, then Nath, obviously there is the the horrible result against Chesterfield. But since then, 5-0 at home to Maidstone. 3-2 away at Woking, 3-1 win over Gateshead, 5-0 away at Dorking. Wrexham now second in the table, one point off Chesterfield, who of course beat us anyway. So we're doing really well and just steadily going about our, our work. Again, the performances and also what a week haven't been perfect. Had. What a week they've had as well. You know, like we don't need to go into the full story, go and look it up. But, you know, absolutely, you know, they're a club that we think we're kind of, jinxed or cursed when it comes to actually getting out of the league but Chesterfield is just one bad news story after another you know this week allegations about what actually happened with the Oldham player that that was attacked in the car park and you know there's a, the Chesterfield Oldham have all put out statements police have put out a statement it's it's absolute chaos and Shamanga's failed move he he didn't play at the weekend he was trying to get over the the you know the disappointment of, of missing out on a lucrative move to the championship we're in a good spot Rich you know, top scorers in the division. We said the five games were key. And I said to you, I don't know whether it was in which podcast it was now, but it was post-Chesterfield. And I said it actually could prove a good thing to, to get that early hairdryer out of the way, that early absolute disaster class, and use that as fuel. That, it, that, is the, that is the kind of, the it's not the benchmark, is it? But that is the, the lowest it can go. It cannot, you cannot see a repeat of that level of performance. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's, it's just about know. the players remembering how awful it is to lose a big game. Yeah. Obviously, there was the, the string of them at the end of last season, but you've got to use that as fuel to then raise your standards and ensure it doesn't doesn't happen again. And credit to the lads, they, they have done it. And now we've got, as we'll get into at the back end of the podcast, some winnable games on the horizon as well. But Dorking, you know, a, a great away day and, yeah, great to get the three points. Documentary then, Nath. 
another two episodes have dropped. I wonder how many times our friend Derry has watched them this week. He said he's watched <laughs> the first two episodes a total of three times each. So, yeah, I'm sure he's got more viewing figures up for them. next two episodes that we've seen as we said last week they are they were a lot more entertaining I thought because it was players we knew it was Parkinson arriving Mullen coming in and these next two episodes again are just further down the line we see more of the player side of things we get a sort of reality check I think for North American fans as well of just how down to earth and normal these players are they're not big celebrities who are you know household names across the UK certainly not across North America either and we get to see more of the sort of human side of of Wrexham I suppose yeah I mean it was it it spoke volumes I thought that people across America and and elsewhere in the UK were were frantically googling whether Paul Rutherford still played football you know and and to find out he was he was involved with Balor and you know all that sort of thing so yeah that will happen again that will happen lots of times over the series. Paul Mullen became super popular, and we had that in episode four, was it? It was uh, Here Comes the Money. Uh, and this is all about, in episode five, all about Rob Lainton and his bathroom tiles. You know, Rob Lainton is such an enigma of a person, you know, so popular. You know, the cat, whatever you want to call him, the ninja. Great goalkeeper, but he's, he's quite a withdrawn guy as well. You know, he doesn't often speak in the media, I would say, you know, even we've had people on before, Rob, um, Rob Lainton, uh, Cameron Green said that Rob was quite quiet as a, as a, as a guy, really nice, funny guy, northern northern banter and, and had a kind of the group he hung around with. We know he was friendly with uh, Sean Brisley, again, second mention for him in this podcast. Um, but it's great to see him just outside the pitch and and talking about, you know, the the perils that come with his position. Goalkeeper is a really interesting one because it's not a position you get in in sort of any of the American sports. You know what I mean? There isn't really a a, a backstop in, in in basketball or uh, American football. You know, it's it's, all, it's off, offense and defense, and and basketball you're playing both sides of the ball. So, you know, a singular goalkeeper that's tasked with keeping the ball out, I think, is 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 a really interesting dynamic and, and position. And yeah, you you see him talk about. It's very different to being a hockey yeah. goalkeeper, isn't it? Yeah, as well. Massively, massively. Because obviously they, um, they have sort of guards and stuff. And, and true, that's right. That's true. It's a good shout. NHL. That slipped my mind that one. Um, and of course, Richards, MLS. MLS. Well, of course, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Outside of football, you know, there isn't really a, a comparable for anyone who maybe doesn't watch MLS or doesn't watch any kind of normal football, and are now getting into it. I know I've seen a few of those that said haven't watched football at all now getting into it through living through Welcome to Wrexham, which is amazing and great and, and you know, love the support and anyone who's listening to the podcast as a result, amazing news. Welcome. We'd love to have you. But Rich, I, I think we've we've spoken about it for years, haven't we? Just between ourselves and, and with friends about Rob Lainton's bravery is is almost a blessing and a curse. You know, and he, and he speaks about it in the documentary. The doctor said to him, you cannot keep getting concussed because the damage will be perilous as well yeah Yeah. irreparable yeah it's again just something that really hammers home someone i mean we all you obviously see concussions and stuff when you watch the premier league and you see it a lot in sport particularly in rugby as well these days i think there's an extra layer to it when you know when we've almost gone this journey of rob layton since he's been at the club fans who sit in the tech end or any stadium really if you've been in an away game you're only meters away from this man you know you feel like you know him you feel like you've got that personality with him and you feel like you know you know him as a human being so when it really does hit home of how serious this is and it's just such a important discussion at the moment in all sport all contact sport about safety measures that can be put in place and how you know these these can be avoided and hopefully we can try reduce the impact of of such such sort of occurrences because obviously mm. it is a contact sport there is always going to be an element of risk you know you're always going to get freak injuries you're going to get broken bones but it does feel like concussion is an area in which more safety precautions and protocol can be put in place so again it it sort of opens up that entire discussion but yeah the Rob Layton stuff is really good i think because 
he's such a nice guy and it makes me miss him right now. No offence to Mark Howard, yeah. but I wish <laughs> Rob Layton was, you know, still in goal for us at the moment because he's, he's so good. And yeah, I, I just really love it. Like I said, we as a Wrexham fan watching this, I know what all the results are. I know what happens in the games, yeah. but I've never seen these behind the scenes clips of the players. And obviously we're privy to, to know a few of them and, and speak to them on a personal level. But just seeing these players in a day-to-day life, I'm... So, so good. Yeah, and it's I feel so, so honoured to have someone like Rob Layton at our club and to say he's, he's a just, Wrexham player. He's just such a normal bloke. And that's the, like one of the biggest compliments I can pay any of the players is that there, there's no prima donna in there. We're seeing Rob Layton get in from training, casually chipping away at some bathroom tiles as part of his renovation. And he's got a long way to go, as you see in the documentary. But it's it's... That almost made me laugh in a way. I, not laughing at him. I was just laughing at the kind of the 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 down to earth nature of it all. You know, it, it should really hit home that Wrexham players are just regular fellas that, are, that love doing what they're doing. And, and Rob Lainton says in it, you know, his, his chance at the Premier League is probably gone. He just wants to play as high as possible, and he just wants to win things and and and, and do as much as he can and. You know, I think Parkinson. You hear Parkinson saying it that he loves Rob Lainson. His bravery is amazing. But it was, I think it was, was it during the pandemic, Rich, or was it the season after where it was a really nasty one? He collided with, I think it was James Allaby's knee at Bromley. And what I was, I wasn't devastated. It's a bit strong, but I was a little bit gutted we didn't see the the video call made between. I think it was during the pandemic season, so it, it doesn't quite fit the timeline. But the the video call made from or the video message sent from Ryan Reynolds to Rob Lainton in the ambulance. That would have been a great little bit of behind the scenes. I get there's an element of, you know, that was personal and it's a very sacrosanct place, the back of an ambulance, you know, when he's in disarray and all that sort of thing. But that would have been a really interesting video message to have seen any kind of what conversation was on there. But yeah, he's had some really nasty injuries, Rob Lainton. Bromley in particular, I think it was even last season, he seemed to have a, a really bad knock there and Christian Dibble came on. Uh, either at half time or, or whether it was just before, but yeah, what a bloke! And I think he'll be, a, I think he'll be a hit. I think people will really relate to his. I'm going to say normalness. That's probably not a word, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with it anyway. It, just his normalness, his his likability is through the roof. And for Wrexham fans, yeah, it's his. It's the mystery, Rob Lane. Like, there's an element of mystery to the man. You know, we've seen little bits here and there. We saw him in the first episode talking about abuse, didn't we, with and having a laugh and a joke with Dibble. But, you know, we hear so little from him that when you do, it's so it's so endearing. Episode six as well that we'll see this week. Um, an important episode because yeah. I'm going to, at the time of recording, I've not actually seen this episode. It's titled Hamilton. Um and just to read the description, I suppose, Rob and Ryan try to fulfil one of their biggest promises to Wrexham as a previous owner's dark shadow still lingers. And I think it's really important that obviously this documentary is looking at the future. It's looking at the brightness the club has going forward, the new opportunities, the new platforms, the new audiences we have. But what is so intrinsic to this club is how close we came to losing it and how bad the owners have been in the past. And again, when you search social media, you'll see lots of opposition fans saying, giving us lots of abuse because we're an easy target now. But I think it will serve as a reality check for some of just why we do deserve this. And we always have this debate, don't we? And every fan of every club will say, our club is special. They deserve this. But Wrexham really does. And it's hard to quantify that sometimes. It's hard to summarise in a sentence why we are so special because you can't put it into words. So it's great that the documentary does at least address that and it does hammer home just how precious the club is to the community and and how at risk it was. It was a real realistic risk. There was within an hour, you know, or within 24 hours that this club could go. I mean, call it, it call saved. it what it is. Yeah, Rich, call it what it is. The, the, the Hamilton, um, you know, I said, uh, I've read so many documents in terms of like court documents. I've, I always keep saying Mr. Hamilton. But, um, you know, Alex Hamilton, he, he was essentially trying to asset strip the club 
I don't even know why I'm saying essentially he was trying to asset strip the club and it was it 2010 he was you know banned from being a, a company director or something like that for seven years so you know this this man was killing the club and, and and in turn killing the community and if it wasn't for the fans you know what would have happened we, we, we we'd be obsolete probably so it was actually really interesting to me that pardon me the, the, the documentary went down that route because a they didn't have to you know they could have they could have just just focused on the razzmatazz the future the new the here the now but actually they're they're coming into Wrexham's story and I think they realise that Wrexham didn't begin in February 2021. It's it's not a startup club. It's not Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhenney's brainchild. It's you know the the it, it, the history is, is incredible. They always talk about the history of the race course and why getting that back and getting that under control and redeveloping it, not moving it. Yeah, you know, I think they always talk about um renovation rather than relocation because it, it's it's got the history good and bad you know it it could have been a and q it's now going to have a brand new cop end a 5500 capacity cop end and so to see them shed light on that to an audience that won't be aware and people might look at it and go oh that's great for Wrexham but no you'll really realize now how bad it was and why they're taking their job so seriously because I think at the beginning of the series, Rich is seeing some laughs, some jokes, and even Rob gave an interview. It'll come up later in the series. I don't know if we'll see it, but he was saying that um, after the Maidenhead game, when they came over for the first time, Ryan was in the dressing room and was just trying to crack a few jokes. But obviously, players weren't in the mood. They just lost. We're down to ten men. It wasn't a, a you know place, and they learned quite quickly then that losing is a big thing and. You know, winning and losing absolutely matters every single week. We win at Dorking, it's a great week. You know, you lose against Maidenhead, it's it's, it's a terrible few days. So, yeah, the fact that they were able, the fact that they were not were able, the fact they wanted to shed a light and shine a light to millions and millions of people about the past, I thought was was yeah was special. Another important sort of part of this week's episodes Declan Swans will you know finally hit the big sort of the big apple yeah. and you know they'll also go stateside they're gonna I'd be fascinated to see their streaming figures after this weekend and see how they they're affected by by being featured in the documentary yeah I mean Rob and Ryan already tweeted didn't they earlier in the week saying you know sort of promoting that in, in a clip I think Rob said that he wants that that song played at his funeral, yeah. which, you know, I think we all do, actually. I might have it when I go down the aisle. Not that I'd have a song going down the aisle, would I really? I mean, yeah, I think I you do have it. I think I think you do have... I mean, you could have someone sing it live. You could first have Declan Swans do it live. Yeah. Are you the first dance, it might be a bit... I don't know, it's a bit it's It'd a bit be a jiggy, very, maybe. very weird dance, wouldn't it? But, um, It'd not be a getting, rogue, I don't know. Not getting married. Step, I think, I that, I think yeah. that should be pointed out clearly I was going to say, I was going to say, is your, is, your, is your missus listening to this? She's going to be... Expecting now, you you've set yourself up here. You've set yourself up for a fall. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Chloe hates being called the missus, so that would be a the big missus, ick. really big ick against you, Nath. But big uh, ick, a big. Well, I mean, if she's got the ick with me, I'm going to be getting replaced anyway. Whenever I, uh, whenever I'm next, not on the pod, um, I'm sure whoever fills in will be in the documentary. Not bitter about that at all, clearly. But uh, yeah, good to know. Good to know her icks. But no, Rich Declan Swans. Yeah, it's also yeah, it's 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 giving them the publicity, but it's also quite poignant i think one of the most emotional moments is seeing michael het you know well known as scoot among the fan base main singer lead singer in, in Declan swans you see him in the hospital uh talking about uh, you know bowel cancer and and having to do a gig on steroids and all these things and there's a really poignant sit down where people will have watched it by now but when he says you know he, he can't he says something along the lines of he can't go yet I said he, he can't he can't pass away yet because he he needs to see Wrexham promoted. And I thought and that just got me that because honestly promotion to League Two people will laugh and say it's promotion to the fourth division it will mean so much it will mean so many tears will be shed by grown men that you've never seen cry in your life it it will honestly be hi euphoria I don't know. relief yeah I can't but even for imagine, people like though, that because but for people like that Rich because like you know they've been through so much and they're pushing every day to 
to battle against horrendous illnesses. And we've, you know, Nigel's been in touch before, hasn't he? In, in the tech end, has battled a horrendous illness. And I know he's, he's still there supporting the boys and, and, and loads of others too. You see Annette in this episode, Annette Gardner, who, you know, her husband suddenly passed away. And the club's the club, in a way, helped save her. She made friends at the club and, and it gave her a purpose. I see. I saw her at Dorking, I saw her at Chesterfield. That's what it's all about. That's what it means. Long, long after Hollywood, you know, comes and goes out of town. That's what it means. And so when I when I saw their two stories, I thought, much like Sean Winter when he was talking about mental health, honestly, it's it's arguably incalculable of of, of just how much getting up would mean. I, honestly, I think I think it would be that much. Nathan, emails this week. I know we've been meaning to go through them for a while now and you've got some to read out. Yeah, well, lots of people. You can get in touch. We didn't already plug it. We've plugged it enough times now, but robryanred.com. We've got a contact form on there. You can send us a message about loads of different things, whatever you whatever you want to get in touch with, actually. Lots of people. Max, so I know you know Rich. He's put good work, boys. Very, very straightforward. Uh, we've got one from Dave Fay of all people. I, I read about non-friends and relatives, but he's put, uh, going to watch RRR go up and up just like Wrexham. Uh, James has put, just wanted a message, just wanted to drop a message to say the pod and the website looks really good. Always love listening, a fellow tech ender. So maybe you know James Rich, James Deakin. Ian Roberts has put, looks great, love it. Roy has put, love the podcast, Diolk and up the town. Um, loads of great ones actually well, one I did want to read uh, a couple actually Neil Smith who gave us a sterling review on iTunes I'll tell you what I'll encourage anyone who's listening to go and give us a review let's see how many reviews we can land on iTunes this week and see if we can file triple, triple R I can't even say that Rob Ryan Red up the charts let's see but Neil has put maybe this is one for Hypnotic and other bands that are listening he's put hi Nathan Rich just wanted to let you know uh, about how well the pod's doing on the website keep up the great work since May last season, I've been working with the Wrexham Media team to play local North Wales bands before kick-off on the speaker system. And so far, it's had really great reviews. I've had loads of good feedback uh, and the bands are doing really well uh, because of it. If you know of any bands or artists that would like to be involved, please ask them to send MP3 files to 1987-till-present-til-present at gmail.com. So I'll put that in the description, but if that's you and you're a local artist or a local band and you want to get involved hear your music at the race course, which I'm sure will be an amazing feeling, then get in touch with Neil. And the other one, another event for anyone out there. Let's have a look if I can find it. Dave Jennings, thanks for getting in touch. Dave is helping run on the same day as the Maidenhead game, Rich. This is great, events like this. He's helping run a diabetes event uh, at Glyndor for type 1 diabetes. But experts will be there. Lunch is free. There'll be lots of info. Um, and it's been organised by people in South Wales, so it hasn't had much attention. But... You know, it's been passed on to the club and could we give it a plug? Is is I think he said his wife. His wife is going to be leading it, Elaine. Happy to speak to people. So, yeah, if you've got any concerns about health and all that sort of thing, pop in. It's not a normal match day, uh, pre-match day event. But look, really, so really this good. Saturday, no, if you have this Saturday, in. September the 10th. September the 10th, same day as the Maidenhead game. So if you are around and you want to pop in, see a health expert and, and you've got any worries about diabetes or, or anything like that i'm sure that will affect various people in the fan base go in say hello to dave and elaine uh happy that we could give the shout i'm gonna look for any more nigel as well he's got back in touch give him a shout out there you said rich last week about your goal of the month player of the month and all that sort of thing uh, and he's also put remember that simon jordan on Talksport is a panto horse so there you go that's his thoughts but he said his goal of the month elliot lee against uh eastleigh Player of the month, Max Kluwer, that's very popular. His game of the month was Maidstone. And his moment of the month was the launch of the documentary. So if you want to get in touch, please do so. You go on our website, robryanred.com, and, and get in touch. Send us whatever you want to talk about, and we can try and talk about it. I think someone actually confused us for Robin Ryan, which is always going to be the way. But they did propose us doing a 24-hour live stream on robryanred.com, Rich, by setting up three cameras inside the race. I don't think the club are going to sign off on that. Um, yeah, I don't think they... I, I don't know. Do you think? I don't think we can get away with that. They were talking about how 
we could set something up to get fans to be able to watch them cutting the grass. They basically wanted a CCTV feed <laughs> playing out 24-7. Yeah. So if, if you ever go on like, these websites, Big have, like, I think there's one at the top of Snowden maybe, you can usually get these sort of basically like weather cameras, which just have a right. constant feed. There is one at a, at a donkey sanctuary in Manchester that I've watched many a time during a, the, lull moment, the lull moments of work where you can just see what How the How do you end up there? How do you end up with a lull writing about Manchester United watching the 24-hour camera on a donkey sanctuary? Oh, you'll be surprised. <laughs> I, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't defeat, know the answer to that. There's a lot of free time, let's put it that way. But um, <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. I don't really get know how we're going to get around that one. Get in touch is what I would say. I suppose that does bring us on to the topic of streaming, doesn't it, Nath? And Wrexham, very disappointed that the National League and BT Sport have rejected their proposal for the immediate streaming of domestic and international matches um, that aren't on BT Sport and don't fall within, you know, that that is it the UEFA rule? It's basically you can't show yeah, free Yeah, article, article 48 or something like that, yeah. We do understand, and I think it's been reported elsewhere, there will be another meeting next week where, you know, they could come to an agreement, they could make some progress on the talks. Still looks like it could be a long way off just because there's so much to get through. Do you make it compulsory? How would the fees be shared obviously Wrexham are keen to build upon the momentum of the documentary they want this proposal to go through as soon as possible it's a really tricky one isn't it Nave? because I've said on social media myself this week you know I do understand why you would reject domestic streaming because that is an active audience who can go to the matches every week I totally get that and for myself that's not something that that benefits me too much anyway you know i go to most games unfortunate too and you know when i'm off work i will hopefully be able to get to them or, or listen in on the radio whatever anyway but i just do not understand why you'd block international fans from watching the matches it's incredible opportunity not just for Wrexham, but for every single team every team's sponsors and the entire league to get this global audience you know as a club we've already uh, you know agreed to sort of conform to a non-profit sort yeah. of model which would be our own yeah. doing not saying any of the other clubs have to but Wrexham wouldn't directly profit off this they'd then redistribute the the money either back into the other clubs of the league or I'm sure you could even say to charitable funds or whatever if you wanted to it's just the biggest open goal for the National League to grow their audience to a, a worldwide audience again that they would never ever ever have reached and they've turned it down, and I just cannot believe it. I'm just baffled. I cannot think of one reason to block international streaming. I mean, those people, respectfully, in, in I don't know, in Tennessee or Taiwan or uh, Ohio, or, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bets and say most of them will never come to the race course. But then it, 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 this idea that streaming will absolutely crucify attendances I, I just don't see it i mean it it works for the football league i know there's question marks over i follow and you know the accredited stanley owner in particular is very vociferous in his criticism but that is because of the way the funding works so a home team gets i think it's they get the money for the first 500 away fans but if you think something like sunderland will sell probably 5,000 streams maybe you can see why the home club are fitting the bill and, and not profiting off those kind of big games but you know clearly international streaming works for for the football league and, and i don't see why i mean i spoke to kind of execs this week and i w- was the one who broke the story about the sean harvey memo that went round about the interim proposal wrexham not um taking money and and how they they well you know would, would free international streaming it for wrexham it's all about eyeballs it's all about nfl season starts friday so it starts tomorrow after you listen to this it's all about keeping those people from just tuning in once a week to watch Wrexham because that documentary is not going to go on all season. It's not going to go on forever. You know, kits have had, there's been problems in terms of stocking the kits. A lot of people online have been saying, how can I get a kit? How can I get a kit? We've seen kits being listed for obscene money. You know, last season's kit was up for 190 Last time I checked, Rich, I mean, you posted that on, on Twitter. It was about 190 wasn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's Mad. almost as worth as much as like a, a tub of butter at this stage. It's ridiculous. <laughs> a lure pack. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's all about eyeballs for Wrexham. And, and the longer it goes on, people at the National League, from, from who I've spoke to, and, you know, some of it was on the record, some of it was off. It, 
it was the feeling was that things are moving along nicely for their centralized plan the meetings on september the 15th to kind of put proposals in front of the rest of the league but you know everything has to get voted through the 72 members everything's going to take time and Wrexham looking at it going we played Dagenham on Tuesday we want to stream that game we've got Scunthorpe away coming up we want to stream that game Notts County away we want to stream that game you know you can they can see the frustration in terms of the time is now to capitalize but it, it is really tricky Rich because I, I don't see why there's an argument to to not have international streaming and, and, and the kind of the other clubs who I've spoken to they too especially with Wrexham not financially benefiting th- there's been some argument that look Wrexham will profit most in terms of sponsors but they, they will anyway regardless of international streaming you, know, you don't see TikTok investing in any of the National League team you don't see Expedia you know Betty Buzz and other ones Wrexham are just that's just the way the world is working Wrexham have got two Hollywood owners that are just far and above you know, the other owners in the league. That's just a matter of fact. But international streaming would just open up so much. Who knows who would watch it and who might go, you know what, I love what they're doing. Look, find me a club in the National League. Can I go and buy Maidstone or can I go and buy Bromley? Or Yeah, you'd never know. You honestly never know in this world. We would have scoffed if during around the time of Hamilton and, and Gutterman you know, you just said eventually you're going to end up being bought by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. You'd, you'd have laughed. You'd have laughed you out of town. You'd, you'd have been trying to check you into a facility. So it seems such a no-brainer. And yet, whenever you speak to the league about this, they're so relaxed about it. They're so confident that Rex aren't going to pull a fast one. And they're not in the position of being, this isn't their word, but they're not in the position of being bullied by Wrexham either. And that's, I'm not saying that's what the club are doing, but the club are definitely trying to force the issue because time is of the essence. We just have to see what the league come up with. I I don't get the delay. I, you know, There's no time like the present in terms of allowing clubs to open up another revenue stream, particularly when you know clubs are so hard hit and everything. But yeah, another, another National League own goal. It's not the first, won't be the last, but hopefully we are not here too much longer, Rich. Like you said about previous owners, I would have been surprised if you told me the guy from Just Friends, the 2005 rom-com, was about to buy Wrexham. But it's turned out that way. It's it's actually happened. I, I still can't believe it. And yet, hopefully, there can be a resolution to that one. And hopefully, if not domestic streaming, that we can get international streaming. Because like we've both said, it just seems so obvious. Naif, that brings on to our guest this week, I suppose, quite nicely. Someone who will give his take on international streaming from another club's point of view and someone else who is linked with one of our upcoming opponents, Wrexham, play Maidenhead in the National League this weekend. Maidenhead sits 17th at the at the moment, seven points from seven games. Wrexham up in second with 16 points from seven games. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting one again. Maidenhead, just to uh, maybe jinx us, shall I say, Rock bottom of the away form table this season. They have lost every single game they've played away from home. So they lost 2-0 at Southend last time out. They lost 1-0 at Dagenham, our opponents on Tuesday. And they lost on the opening day 3-0 to Notts County as well. So Maidenhead looking for their first points and their first goal away from home this season. That's almost almost certain, Rich. Uh, Listen to the National Obsession. Our our friends at the National Obsession podcast, they, they said they would drive, they did a podcast in the car going to Bromley away and they were saying how confident they were, you know, that they were looking forward to it. And they described it as summoning Vanaramis, the god of the National League, that he was going to put a jinx on us. So you just know that Maidenhead are always an absolute nightmare. They're a massive thorn in our side. I don't know what it is. Paul Mulling always gets red carded. So surely to God, not this time, Paul. Just stay on the pitch. 11 v 11, please. And I thought, who better, Rich, in the phone book? I had a, a troll through. I thought, who better than giving a ring to Maidenhead chairman Peter Griffin? And I thought I'd get his take on Away We Go. That is an episode coming up, uh, I think, in the next round of episodes uh, on the documentary and, and about Rob and Ryan's visit, what it was like to have them there, how he found them, and also to get his take on streaming, Maidenhead season, loads of that good stuff. So, yeah, without further ado, here is my chat uh, with Peter Griffin. <laughs>
Peter, thanks for coming on. Uh, great to speak to you, and always good to, to chat ahead of the Maidenhead game. You've kind of become a bit of a thorn in our side, a bogey team, and, and you're actually coming up on the documentary very soon. Must be excited for that. You know, we're all excited to see that visit of Rob and Ryan behind the scenes. Yeah. I know you were there with them. Just, just on yeah. that first, what, what was that experience like? I mean, a great memory, I'm sure. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, really, really enjoyable. We, we uh, were advised maybe a week or two in advance. Uh, of the possibility of a visit, uh, and there was you know, sort of site checks and things like that. So there was a whole sort of thing that had to be done. But obviously, we were asked to keep it quiet, and we appreciated that because you know it could have got out of hand in terms of you know, people flooding by and that if, if we hadn't kept it quiet. So we were quite excited, and um, the night was just fantastic. It really was. Um, you know what? You, you go to football because you you want to have fun and enjoy yourself and watch your team win. But you can't uh, help but enjoy a little bit of added occasion. And we, you know, whenever we play teams like yourselves, you know, Maidenhead, that's you know, we de- we're still very much in that time when it's like this is great fun playing an old league club, playing big clubs, you know, big supporters, and that we love all that. But this just gave it an extra dimension, and it was fantastic—a really good occasion, which we you know thoroughly loved. Mainly because we won as well. Because I, I did say before the game, all this fuss and all this attention—if we just roll over and let them have a win. It's going to be rubbish. It really is. So no matter what, I would, you know, we wanted something out of the game. So and it was a very exciting game for all concerned. But uh, obviously, we were delighted that we won in the end as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we never seem to be able to keep eleven v eleven uh, whenever we come up against Maiden. It's some kind of uh, curse, I'm sure. But you know, I think there's there's be loads of great scenes in that in terms of Rob and Ryan in yeah. the stands, and they really yeah. got a proper national. I think when people watch the documentary that, that don't follow the National League. They yeah. definitely got a, a true National League experience, didn't they? A proper away day there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Maidenhead's ground is, is sort of loved and hated in equal measures <laughs> by away supporters. And, and honestly, a lot of it depends. If a club, big club has come to us and beaten us, they actually find we're quite quaint. They like the ground. They think the yeah. club, you know, we're plucky underdogs and that. If we beat them, if we do it several seasons on the trot, then it's like a pokey little, you know, tin pot club and this, that and the other. So, but it is, you are, you know, like all good you know, football grounds, you're really enclosed. And whilst we don't get the biggest support, we get a noisy support. And it doesn't take many in the ground. If we get, you know, you know 15, 1600, I think that night there was even more in, it, mm. it feels really good. And the away support makes a noise and, you know, the home support does. And everyone enjoys it. it. It creates a good atmosphere, as you say, a good advert for what National League football's like. And, surprisingly good standard I think people always say when they see it for the first time and um, they're surprised that the fans are so vociferous and I always say you know we're Maidenhead United our supporters are just as crazy about our team as Man United supporters are it's just there's less of us so I mean it's there's no lack of desire as we all know you know non-league football's a fantastic uh, fantastic place to watch football for some of us I appreciate some of you don't want to be here as much as us so yeah, I mean, we're desperate to escape it, but no, it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's, it's really, you know, the passion whenever we go yeah. to any ground is, is amazing. You know, we went to Dorking at the weekend. Yeah. You know, brilliant club, uh, owner and manager putting yeah. money behind the yeah. bar for Wrexham and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But, you know, what, what was your impression of just Rob and Ryan? I mean, they were quite candid. You know, it's very rare that you get to meet Hollywood A-listers, especially, yeah. you know, at a National League away day. Even for us now, yeah. it's still surreal. But, you yes, know, yeah. how did you find them? I mean, we saw the selfie you took with them, and it, honestly, it just looked yeah. like a, a really, really great bloke that we've come to love. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the first thing that comes across, you know, right from the start, uh, not just on that night, but, but even before that night, and definitely since then, as, you know, I follow what they're doing and obviously the documentary series and all these things like that, is that they're genuinely, genuine blokes. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Um, so we met them on the night and they were, you know, I think they were a bit bemused by it, especially Ryan was a bit bemused by what was going on and all the, what was happening. But they are, you know, they, they enjoyed it. They would have enjoyed it more if they'd won. But at the same time, they, they thought it was a great um, thing. And that came through. They were very nice, very polite. The whole entourage, there was no, um, yeah, there was like security there and things like that. And people couldn't just walk up to them. But they made time to meet, you know, myself, but also uh, my wife, who used to be chairman at the club before me, funnily enough, years back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the family, and there was you know, different people met them, and, and they were just very, very pleasant. And actually, you know, they were they were enjoying the experience, I think, and they seem to be, and, and that's come through since then. You look at the documentary, but also in everything they've done, they're, they're really embracing it, and they're bringing a real bit of fun to to Wrexham, but also to the National League. It's, it's, it's very enjoyable, and I think they seem very genuine fellows, and... Um, yeah, we wish them all the success after Saturday. But yeah, before we get on to, to Maidenhead and yeah. your season, the big talking point has been, involving the owners, has been, outside of the documentary, yeah. streaming. 
and the National League and, and what that what that future looks like. Given your position, at, you know, high up at a National League club, what were your thoughts on that? Do you think that the the, the owners had a point, uh, Ryan Reynolds? And I know obviously Wrexham Wrexham's a unique case, but do you think why, why yeah. did there's wider appeal for something like that? I I, I think that possibly is as long as it's done really well. I mean, we're all aware of the. Um, the embargo on live TV football between three yeah. and five on a Saturday afternoon. And I mean, I see loads of people, even quite, um, who I think are quite intelligent people in football, but are very much focused Premier League level saying, oh, hell, it's crazy. You can't watch every game. You know, all the big games, it could be a big game at three o'clock on a Saturday. You can't watch live. Crazy. But that was put in there for a reason to protect the whole pyramid, you know, mm. to stop people just sitting at home watching TV. So my views on the live streaming are probably uh, start from that point. But I see no problem in, for example, international streaming. Yeah. I see no problem, you know, overseas. And obviously, so a club like Maidenhead, we have very limited appeal um, to, to what that would do. But if there was a setup whereby, you know, the home game streamed the game, sorry, the home team streamed the game and got the revenue from it, like you would do with the way fans come in anyway. Yeah. Obviously, Wrexham are going to have a not, lots of overseas streaming income. You know, I, I don't have an issue as long as it's... It, it protects the sort of the three o'clock to five o'clock, you know, sort of watershed effectively on Saturday afternoon because that does make a difference to us. We know if people are just going to go to the pub or sit at home and watch Man United on a Saturday afternoon and they live in Maidenhead, well, that does affect, you know, that does have a knock-on effect. But I think overseas streaming, I think I don't see an issue with. I think what we've got to do is perhaps um, push it through as a whole because we do have a TV deal with BT Sport. Yeah. And I think BT Sport... You know, do a very good job, and the National League get very good coverage, com- you know, comparable to the lower reaches of the EFL. So there's a lot of positives they've done. They've been with us a long time and been a loyal supporter of the division. But I think if it could be done in conjunction with them or in some kind of, you know, everyone can go forwards together, then I wouldn't have an issue with overseas streaming at all. No. I think yeah, that's that's the big bug. But I think some people have accepted domestically yeah. there's problems, yeah. especially at our level. But you know, yeah. overseas, and again, we're in a very biased situation that we've suddenly accrued loads of new fans through the documentary but you know Sean Sean Harvey wrote didn't he to to all the National League teams you know kind of pitching his interim proposal and and we put that out about you know uh, profits would be donated back to the league to be divvied up and it's a conversation that clearly is going on at the league as well at the league office yeah and I I think that's a very interesting point they made because what they're saying is an interim there that any of the money they make goes back into the league central pot and things like that. So I get that. And I think that's a important part of it. So my view would be as long as it doesn't um, get broadcast domestically, because that mm. could affect, you know, I, and I know there's a lot of issues with the um, iPlayer or the iFollow, whatever it's called, yeah. you know, the EFL version. And I follow uh, the fellow who's at uh, Accrington Stanley, some of the other chairmen who are in the smaller clubs. And they they see that the, the, the gap between the funding is going towards the bigger clubs. Now, I think we've got to protect domestically, but internationally, I don't have an issue. The funds are going central. So, and I get why why Rexham would want to do it, even if they didn't benefit from it financially directly, because they are growing their fan base and they are you know, putting in progress of what's going to happen over the years to come. So, I think um, yeah, I think it's a reasonable request. Um, the issue with league and I, the league gets uh, the national league board get lots of stick over many things over time, but you know, they represent their members and yeah. they can't just make changes without member votes and that. And mm. it's it's quite a slow process. I get that, but at the same time, they they have to follow procedure. And they have to, you know, if, if, for a vote like this to go, a there has to be a vote. B there has to be everybody. You know, all the usual things has to go through, and it goes down to a, a either a qualified or a straight majority type thing. So um, it's a bit unfair on them to be put in this position. But I do think, um, you know, pushing it forwards, I don't have an issue with the you know, the, the international broadcasting itself at all. So focus back on the pitch. You know, a lot of the I think for us that, that didn't follow Maidenhead, all their business over the summer, we saw. Yeah. Uh, you know, you lose arguably best player Josh Kelly to to Solly Hall, and that yeah. was a massive blow. But what what can what can Rex and fans expect? You know, you're going to come up. You're always a tricky opponent for us. But yeah. you know, how have you found the start to the season? Yeah, it's 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 um, the start of the season has been, yeah, like a curious egg, good in place, good in good in parts. Um, We've had a couple of very good home wins. We beat Scunthorpe, we beat Altingham. We, we drew the weekend, actually. Uh, um, and that was against Halifax, yeah. and it was one all. But we had dozens of chances second half. We were very, very unfortunate not to get the win. Or you could say we didn't finish well, you know, one or the other. So, mm. you know, what we've had, and then we've had a couple of poor defeats, and we've had a couple of defeats, and it's been very close. So, do you know what? We've had 
you know, most of us probably looked at the start we had to the season and if he said, you know, we're not in the relegation zone, 7.7 games, that kind of thing, yeah, we're all right. Um, but we know, like, the next few games, for example, we've got you guys on Saturday, we follow that with Bournemouth away the following Tuesday, then we have Woken at home. So, I mean, yeah, we always know this league, the games come thick and fast yeah. and there's never, there's never a team we play in this division we think we can win, uh, sorry, lose to, we know we can lose to anyone, but there's never a team where we, we play against that we know we can't pull off a result. Yeah. Now, you know, Saturday, we'll go into it. Um, you know, we, we do respond well to being the underdog. Um, as you mentioned, we've become a bit of a bogey team for yourselves. That fills in with dread, because as soon as people start saying that, of course, you know, <laughs> it doesn't go forever. I mean, we, Chesterfield beat us last year, which I think was their first win in seven attempts. So we'd won five straight and drawn one or something like that. And our fans were all laughing, moaning, saying, well, the draw shows what a poor result it was for us, really, because all the others were win. So... All these good runs come to an end. So I look at Saturday and I think, yeah, Wrexham, right in form at the moment. They, you know, demolished Dawkins at the weekend. Yeah. You know, you've had some really decent results. We have had some, you know, we, we actually played well last Saturday, I thought, for our point. And we, we started playing some nice stuff. Um, of course, on paper, it should be, you know, it should be a Wrexham win. But, um, you know, we, it doesn't always go that way. We no, certainly get up it, the big it does not. Um, it does not always no. go that way, as we as we know. But you know, we basically, I think if it isn't already by the time this comes out, it definitely will be a sellout. So you know, that's, yeah. another, that's another nearly ten thousand strong crowd. It'll be, yeah. you know, I'm sure yeah. you've been up to the race course many times. It'll be some occasion yeah. out there. Yeah. It is, and, and last season, for example, I mean, we, you know, I, I've been the last, I think I've been the last three or four years, um, and you know, we, we've had some good results. You know, last year we got, uh, you know, our, our home win obviously was a very eye-catching one and will come up on the documentary the the away point we got there we were you know up against 10 men for you know Paul, Paul Mullen got sent off yeah. his, well he got sent off in the away game but it was the wrong man got sent yeah. off and he got got the ban then so he got seven games of bans against us last year so I'm assuming he'll be determined to score another hat-trick or get, get stuck in on Saturday but I'm also assuming he's, he's going to be probably a little bit um Christ I don't want to get sent off again so anyway I don't know but, but the point is it will be you know, we, we've had game plans when we've gone there, which does get us a lot of stick. You know, we, you know, we try to slow the game down. We try to make sure we're, you know, if we can be in the game in the last 15, 20 minutes, then that's fine. That's what you've got to aim to do. So um, uh, we won't do it any different. But the atmosphere there is fantastic. And, um, you know, we, you know, we got a, I was there with my son in the director's box last year. And you appreciate where the director's box is. You are, I'm like two inches away from the bloke yeah. sat next to me. And there was, there was a lot of exchange of views and that and, Shouting and this, that, and the other. But you know what? And, and I know Sean said after was all sorry about that. That was, a, yeah, we love that. I mean, you know, you, you, we go away as you know, supporters and we love it. And, and I often go on the away end actually rather than director's box anyway. Yeah. But um, you, you want to go there. And if, if people are on your back, then, you know, you know, we're doing our job. So, um, and, you know, I, I always say that, you know, people always say we're a dirty team, we're a big team, and this, that, and the other. You know, our disciplinary record last year stands up very well we're, we're perhaps not as dirty or as um or using the dark arts that people people think um on the other hand you know we we just go and you know we'll see how it goes but my prediction to Saturday no idea no idea you know you, you won five another weekend away at Dorking you know and we haven't been in great form so god knows what's going to happen but uh, yeah all results are a possibility at this moment so <laughs> Rich, great to have Peter come on, actually. You know, really good to, to hear from someone in such a high-ranking position. Yeah, it's, it's a really tricky game. I mean, as he said, on paper, Wrexham should win the game and we would be expect us to win the game, but never really plays out like that. What could possibly go wrong? Of course, Maidenhead was, yeah, like you said, the first game Rob and Ryan came to last season away from home. We all know how that ended, which was... Uh... <laughs> Well, the conversation you see in the documentary, you know, the very, very first one where they're on the pitch, that was after Maidenhead. That, you know, I was in like, that was a yeah. couple of days after. And they say that you, you hear them talking about, you know, this investment just took a hit. Uh, and so they were really getting used to it. I think they were really down about that, you know, having come over, seen a defeat. But actually, that was a real, that was a proper welcome to the National League. That was, that was a proper National League. And as we'd say, Vanaramas um, was, was stronger. Vanara- Vanaramas was busy that night. Very busy. And yeah, 
I mean, what I mean again, like I said though, Dorking looked like it'd be a banana skin. If we want to go up and we want to do it as champions, these are the type of games that you you've got to get past. Of course, there will be one or two games a season where we drop points against a team totally out of form, a team near the bottom of the league. That will just happen. You know, that is football. That's another introduction if you're from North America. You don't usually watch a sport. Form doesn't count all the time, and you know we by gaining momentum and and having this extra confidence you give yourself better odds of winning the next game but you will never be 100% of a win so yeah it's going to be a tough one but like we said Wrexham need to have this mentality shift where we look at Maidenhead at home and only see it as a win because we again to plug the Dean Keats podcast he speaks about how you know you felt you had teams beaten in the tunnel during that 98 point season and that's what we need when we're, no offense to Maidenhead when we're playing them at home, you've got to have that same self-belief. Not arrogance, but self-belief and confidence. So another big game this weekend. And then next Tuesday, of course, it's against 15th place Dagnum and Redbridge. Another team who are mid-table, a team who gave us a right good go last season. We only just beat them at home in the National League and then away from home on the final day of the season. There was a lot of mitigation around the circumstance because it was sort of the news filtered through that we weren't able to win the league and heads dropped, all eyes sort of went onto the playoffs and onto uh, Wembley as well. So revenge will be in the air. And of course, because we've got a predominantly sort of similar side to the one that played there at Dagenham on the final day of the season, there is a, a real case for that. And Nath, dare I say six more points we could get by the time time we record? It's Well, I mean, look at it. Last season, we lost, we lost once at home. Got to go for six points. I th- I'm thinking it's going to be six points, Rich. I think we'll... We'll dispatch Maidenhead uh, by a couple of goals. So this will come back to bite me when it's all clicked I mean, it's my up. birthday on Monday, so surely they've got surely. to give me a performance. Surely. I mean, they owe you a present, if not an actual like gift, if not. But we'll take we'll take six points. That'll do us nicely. Um, Dagenham's a tough game. It always is. They're, they're another... D- Maidenhead and Dagenham are the kind of games where if you're slow starters to a season, they'll, go, they'll, they'll eat you alive. And Was it Dagenham at home last season where... I think they flashed a couple of balls across the box. Mullen scores we, a wonder goal to win us the game. Yeah, we, that and that was a wonder goal. And, and at that point, we were sort of relying on Mullen wonder goals. But now yeah. you've got you've got Elliot Lee and his dodgy glutes. You've got Ollie Palmer's big head. You've got Mendy. I, I mean, I, I can't see the team being changed. Not not for Maidenhead anyway. I think it'll be an unchanged team. I don't know, Richard. It's got to be six points, surely. Four points at the very minimum. Exactly, yeah, I think it's got to be two more unbeaten games, really. Hopefully it is six points. Again, I don't want to be a happy clapper, but I just don't think the crowd can be as sort of on the back of the players as they were against Gateshead last time because that was detrimental to our performance and gave the opposition a lift. I think we've just got to, you know, back in from the, from the start. There's got to be cagey moments in both games. There's going to be moments we might go behind the one of them, but we've got to help these players over the line because the Wrexham fans can be such a big asset. It's a priceless, you know, advantage we have over our, our opponents. Most weeks, we need to make the most of it. We need to be in full voice. We need to put the fire in the bellies, as Parkinson said. What was it? Ice <laughs> in the veins, some crap like that. It sounds like yeah. you're on a motivational pit poster next to Live, Laugh, Love there's a great, there's but... a great one. There's a great quote. One of the best bits about episode five is the scene we see you know, because it's focused on that Chesterfield at home game, and and the Parky hairdryer at half time is absolutely spectacular. Um, I I wouldn't say get it on a flag because it's not very positive, um, but it's it's three words beginning with F. Uh, I'm gonna I'd I'd have to add too many bleeps into the edit. It's not so I'm worth not gonna it. Say it. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's just, just making more work for myself in the edit suite. So yeah, let us know when you've watched it. But that is. That's what you want. You want you want a bit of grit and a bit of determination. And and we saw in that game, Mr. Rob Lainton saving a penalty, and and you know how the crowd flipped in that game and, and really roared us on and and, and Mullen, you know, nets the goal and and we leave with a point that night. But yeah, we look different this season, Rich. I know we've had some iffy moments, but we look we look ruthless and we look like we've got a lot of goals in that team. You know, for all the talk about Jordan Davis and Elliot Lee, they're both making big impacts. Mullen. He's even had a couple of quiet games, dare I say. And even so, he's still dominating. He's still our top scorer so far this season. And Oli Palmer hadn't scored for a few games. Is it going wrong for him? He's now at four goals. So things things are looking very, very nice indeed. They are looking very nice indeed. And hopefully it's still a jubilant mood by the time we meet again next week. 
Naif, thank you once again for joining us on today's podcast. Thanks for having me, Richard. It's always a pleasure. And yeah, come on back, the boys. Make plenty of noise. And we'll speak again, I hope, after six points. You Well, we, we shall see. We will be back next week, of course. Thank you very much for listening to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, brought to you in association with our podcast sponsors, uh, Red 10 People Development. The music brought to you by Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. If you're new around here, please do leave a like and subscribe. Share us by word of mouth as well. Put a link out on, on social media. It really does help us and that's our reward. Check us out, robryanred.com, Rob Ryan Red on all the socials. Take care. Come on, Wrexham. We'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.